Yeah, so 75-day challenge. Is it, is it the 75-day first forum challenge? What, what is it called again? It's just called the 75 hard challenge. 75 um, hard challenge. Yeah, and, and the, the whole purpose of it is to really help you build mental toughness, really develop the skill set of just discipline, you know, perseverance, and really kind of just not being a bitch of your own mind. Because I think like a lot of times, like if you want to accomplish something really great or just any goal for that matter, whether it's fitness or in business, like there is going to be some adversity, some obstacles that you'll have to overcome. And the fact that when those obstacles do arise and you sort of just kind of shrivel up and kind of just like, you know, succumb to it, you don't really do anything about it. The whole program is designed to just basically, Hey, this is what you have to do every day. You got to take a progress photo. You got to do two 45 minute workouts. You know, both one has to be indoor, one has to be out and they have to be 45 minutes. So if you do 40 minutes or 33 minutes, it doesn't count. If you mess up on any one of the things, then you have to start over. You know, you have to drink a gallon of water. You have to read 10 pages of a physical book, not an audio book. And you also have to have no cheat meals. And so all those things, it's not really a fitness or a weight loss challenge. It's just more so the basic foundational, foundational principles of just what it's going to take for you to really achieve your results. Like you need to be physically fit. You need to be mentally fit. You know, you need to read things that are going to, you know, help you learn more and how you can sort of take that knowledge and teach others, you know, whether it's nutrition or, you know, technique on, on form in, in our case, right. As, as trainers. Yeah. So, I mean, just doing those things every day and just making it a point to get them done and then just being able to check it off. It's really satisfying. And I've just noticed in the last four days, you know, just with creating content, writing, you know, I'm a lot more focused. I'm more dialed in. I really kind of get into this flow state and I think it's just from the walks itself. So it's definitely has a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of positive effects right now. And I I think for someone who, you know, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, two 45 minute workouts, like how the hell am I going to do that? I can't even get in a 30 minute workout. And I think it just comes down to priorities and what you really want. Because if, if you're serious about improving your health and fitness, you know, you, you got to make time. Two 45 minute workouts in the day and they have to be non-consecutive. So you can't just go out and do a walk and then go right into the gym. You have to purposely separate it with some other task. So whether you go on a walk and then you're driving to the gym, you train a couple of clients, then you get your workout in, inside. And the whole point is it, it is inconvenient and it makes no sense, but that's the point because when you... It sounds like it's like building a lot of discipline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the whole purpose of the, of the program. It's not so much a fitness or weight loss challenge. It's more so to when things don't go your way or when things aren't going according to plan, what do you do? You still got to get things done no matter what. And so it just, it forces you to really have to do those basic things every day. Just like if you have any other goal, you got to, you know, if you're running a business or building a business, like you got to market yourself, you got to put yourself out there. You got to fit, you got to handle rejection the right way. You know, you got to keep persevering and keep going. Same thing with, you know, any fitness journey, you know, you're going to, you're going to have an injury. 
you're going to, you're going to have an injury, you know, you're going to have to figure out, okay, well, what can I do to recover from this injury? You know, if, you know, you, you know, get back on, you know, this sort of like dieting mentality. And then you're just like, Oh, like, you know, I'm, I was good for my diet for a month and then, you know, my birthday came and then I was drinking and then that led to one thing and I haven't been on my diet for like a couple of weeks. So it's kind of just that mentality of just like, you got to be mentally disciplined with yourself and, and understand that for the beginning part of that journey, like it's going to take a little bit more effort, you know, but once you kind of get it going, then you're you're kind of like more so like it's less effort because you're kind of just been doing it for so long, just like any habit. So uh, what were you saying, Jake? Andy Frisella? Oh, that, okay. That's who I thought it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like it. It definitely, I, I, dude, I like it. I'm all about discipline. I, I don't know if that's a program for everybody though. I don't think two, two workouts in one day is, I mean, it's doable. You know, you're doing it. I'm sure there's lots of people doing it, but how how long term can someone work out twice a day for 45 minutes? Who's who's not a professional athlete or you know, right? Paid to train, right? Yeah, I mean I that's like why it's. Concept. I like the concept. Yeah, I mean that's why it's 75 days and not a year. You know. Oh, is is that the whole idea? Just 75 days, and then after that, it's just like. Yeah, it's it's called 75 hard. Yeah. And then after that, what, what's the game plan after that? Like for people, let's say like just the general, like, of course, you're you're going to continue working out. Courtney's going to continue working out, you know, like people who are have a passion and, and really value like health are going to continue. But is there like a game plan? All right, cool. For the average person does the 75 days, just crushes it. And then and then what after 75 days? Well, I mean, I, I think it's kind of hard to say. I mean, he has different phases like afterwards, but I, I don't really know. But I know that from just listening to him and, and what the program is about, it's for everyone. It, it doesn't matter if you're into fitness or you're not. The workouts and the drinking the gallon of water and, you know, reading 10 pages. I mean, these are just disciplines that, you know, I think anyone who cares about a quality, living a quality life do. Not obviously to that extent, right? But I think because it's so extreme, that's the point. It's purposely, intentionally there to be inconvenient and not realistic and sustainable. That's kind of like intended. But the idea is, right, is, you know, if you did those things, if you did two 45-minute workouts around taking your kids to school, going to work, you know, in your own lifestyle, just imagine if you actually went through that and going forward, what other challenges you would, you would face, like how you would handle that. I mean, you would be a completely different person. And that's kind of just the whole point of the program. It's not supposed to be, you know, to optimize your health. It's not really there to optimize, you know, anything. It's just really to make you better, make you stronger, make you more resilient. So, but obviously, you know, using workouts and using nutrition, no cheat meals. I mean, right. It's a little bit different than how we would coach someone, but I think for certain individuals that, you know, maybe they kind of need that more aggressive approach, it might work for them, you know? And if you're someone who's listening that, you know, you just haven't had the motivation to do something, you're just kind of waiting for the perfect moment. 
I mean, I hate to break it to you, but it's never going to happen, you know? And if you're just waiting for that time, I mean, it, it, nothing's going to change until you change. It's so funny that when people say, you guys ever get people who say like, yeah, this is something I really want to do, but you know, right now, like, ah, I'm just going to, I'm going to wait until this happens or I'm going to wait until this, this time. And it's, it's just kind of like, are you really though? Because you know, what, what does that even, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like what does waiting until the right time mean? There's never, I don't think there's ever a right time for, I mean, I don't know. I guess intuitively if somebody's just like literally right now, I just can't uh, because of what's happening. But do you feel like that's an excuse? That's Yeah. That's, that's probably one of the biggest excuses that you'll ever find. Right. I think some things that people don't understand and, take into consideration is evolution is we're, we're supposed to evolve as humans. Like it's, it's inevitable. Right. But we get stuck in this place where we become content with who we are. So we don't notice the, <laughs> we don't notice that we, we are supposed to evolve. We are supposed to change. We are supposed to morph. And so program like a 75 day, challenge or hard, whatever it's called, it breaks you. Number one, it breaks you out of being content with who you are. And then it puts you into a cycle, whatever that cycle is. And once you get into that cycle, you kind of forget about everything else that's happening because you're so focused in on that cycle. And if you're lucky, you have the, you have an opportunity, you have a chance to start looking at yourself. And if that happens, right, no, no matter what it is, if that happens, you're going to come out of that with some tools to enhance your life and to evolve, right? That's why I like these when people put these 75-day challenges out that are very specific because we, as people, we need direction. Mm-hmm. And once we have, once we have direction and where you, and we get use of direction, I think it takes like, what, what is it? 25 days to implement a habit and, and get used to it. And then it's another like 60 days for it to become like part of you. And then, and then some other stuff. Right. But that all makes sense. Right. Because once you get into that and, and it's going to be interesting to talk to you at day 50, right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see like, the, the different things that you're going to take from this and implement into your own life to bring you to that next level. And, you know, that's, that's, that's why we have these programs that are built, right? That's why we have treatment facilities, whether it's physical, whether it's mental facilities, because there are people that actually sit there and they map these things out so that the person that's in contentment, whatever they're in, can kind of break out of that and, and be on a schedule. And then once, hopefully once they get out, they've, they've done enough work that they can morph and they can evolve and they can, and they can basically do what they need to do um, and fulfill their dreams or goals or whatever it is. It's good. Me personally, I don't like, because I play football and, you know, in high school, I had a really tough coach and he was all about mental toughness and all that. I started questioning mental toughness. Like really, what is that? Right. I don't, I don't, I don't see it as mental toughness. I just see it as being in touch with who you are. Right. Because for me, mental toughness is a, is a, is a fight. It becomes a competition. 
And like you guys, I, and I've always said this to you guys, like the min- the moment me personally, and I'm sp- and I'm speaking for myself, the moment I start competing against myself, it's done. I've already lost. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a done deal. But the moment I start working with myself, the moment I start accepting myself, the moment I start, I start getting in touch and, 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 and I'm kind of, and I'm, and I'm kind of flowing. I'm in my flow. That's when, the, that's when the beauty happens. That's when the PRs happen. That's when all the, all the good stuff happened. But as the moment I get into this, Oh, I need to get mentally tough. I'm done. Is it just more so like how you phrase it? Because I mean, if you're, if you're saying that, if you're trying to compete with yourself, you lose. I don't know. At least, at least for me, I, I've always been driven because I was never athletically gifted and I had to work really hard to just be mediocre. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that work ethic, that drive has transferred over to obviously me as a trainer and running my own business. I mean, that's how I kind of have gotten to where I am because I compete with myself. I mean, I don't really look at the competition or what other people are doing. I'm so focused on okay, like how can I get better? How can I improve? Knowing obviously and taking into account my strengths and what I'm already naturally good at and working with myself, like you kind of just said. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I say like I'm, I compete with myself, it's like I compete with myself because I want to get better. You know, I mean, the person who I was five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, if he were to look at me now, I mean, I would think he'd be proud because, you know, I'm a completely different person. And when I went through my weight loss journey, it really wasn't, I think it was more of an identity shift. If anything that I made initially before I lost weight, that actually got me to the results that I did, you know, losing the hundred pounds in six months and being able to keep it off the last seven, eight years. Cause a lot of people who lose weight, I mean, naturally they're going to gain it back because they just haven't developed the habits or the rituals or the practices to really be consistent with it. And it's kind of funny. We, we were just talking about habits because I was, I've been reading this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And um, yeah, Jake, have you read it? A client of mine in the last 90 day program recommended that book and literally I saw her at the gym today and she said, Hey, have you read Atomic Habits yet? That's crazy. Dude. That's law of attraction, baby. Dude, dude. So in the book, there's a part where he's talking about like goal setting and how you know, if you're setting goals, most of the time, that's not what's going to get you to your result. Because if you look in sports, right, team A and team B, both goals are to win the game, but there's only one person that wins. So what separates the two? I mean, obviously you got talent and stuff like that, but it's, it, it, there's nothing, you know, just because you have the goal for something doesn't mean that you're going to actually accomplish that goal. And so he talks about in the book, he talks about uh, identity-based goals and that if you think about how you see yourself and the story you kind of tell yourself, and this obviously just comes from years and years of, you know, how you were raised, your influences, your environment, right? What you've been told. Yeah. Those stories, right? Tell the narrative of who you are. And so unconsciously, you always repeat those, those things to yourself. You know, people who struggle with their weight, literally say, I've always struggled with my weight. Oh, like I've never, I'm not really a gym person. Oh, I find the gym intimidating. Oh, like lifting weights just seems really hard and I don't want to hurt myself. These statements is a belief and that belief, right? 
I mean, you can give them the, the best workout program. You can give them, this is your macros. This is how much you need to eat, right? You can give them all the, the knowledge, but applying that, right? Most of us know that you can give them all the answers and still won't, they still won't do it. Why is that? And it comes down to their belief and the stories that they tell themselves. So Atomic Habits, I think, really does a good job of kind of just reframing, you know, goal setting and really looking at your identity, you know, asking the question of who is the type of person that loses 50 pounds? Who is the type of person that deadlifts twice their body weight? What do they embody on a daily basis? What are their habits? What are the things that, are the, that they're doing, you know? And even though you're not there yet, you can ask yourself that question today. Because if you want to, you know, deadlift twice your body weight, you got to ask yourself, okay, what is someone that deadlift twice their body weight? What do they do on a daily basis? Well, obviously for one, they're probably getting good sleep, probably getting at least eight hours of sleep. You know, they're probably really good with their nutrition, getting adequate amounts of protein, right? They're eating carbohydrates enough around their, their workouts to fuel their performance, right? They progressively overload in their training program every week, whether that's through volume or intensity, right? And these are just principles that go across the board for, and and it doesn't really matter what goal, but that's what he's kind of talking about. And I think the power of just self-belief and the stories, the stories you tell yourself, I think as coaches, you know, we get, we're around our clients a lot. I mean, we see them contact wise throughout the week, a lot more than maybe someone else. And there are times in conversations and you probably, you guys have probably had this experience where it's like, you know, they're vulnerable and they're talking about something that happened when they were younger and, you know, how it had affected them. And, you know, it's affected their health, their mental health, right? Their confidence, their self-esteem. And that's hard for people to share. But I think in that sort of space, we as coaches can sort of, you know, ask the questions that gets them to, or, or give them an opportunity by asking the questions as far as like, how can we reframe that? You know, how can we turn that experience into something positive? You know, whether you were bullied or, or you had parents that were alcoholics, like, I mean, we've all gone through some adversity, but then it's like, well, how can you just use that, lev- leverage it and sort of, sort of, you know, get to the point where it's like, hey, you know, if I wasn't strong enough, I wouldn't be here, right? You know, if, if you had a tough upbringing and, and you're here today, like, right, you're obviously, you obviously are resilient enough that, you know, you've made it this far, right? And, and when it comes to your fitness and health, it's like, this is just another, this is just another thing you got to tackle, but it's, you can do it, you know? And I think it's just instilling those beliefs and that confidence in our clients and people that, you know, what you say to yourself and about yourself, it's like, it's, it's really powerful. And I think us as coaches, you know, we have such a big influence on just how we can sort of, you know, help them navigate that whole process and just really, like I said, reframe their whole situation and their, and how they look at things, you know? Yeah. And you bring up uh, a couple of points and I wanted, wanted to share this. And I was thinking about this on my car ride home earlier. I had a client that I worked with. I just posted on my story earlier. He lost 50 pounds in 90 days, which was amazing. It was really good. And, and it was through, you know, this was uh, two years ago. I worked with him and he did that. 
And, you know, he put almost all the weight back on after we worked together. And I was thinking on my ride home today, because I'm, I'm actually working with him again right now. And, and I was thinking to myself, and I was like, you know, because one of the biggest things that people, because we hear about these stories all the time, someone loses 100 pounds, puts 120 back on, or loses 60, puts 70 on. I really believe it comes down to number one habits. It comes down to number two, what's the goal? Number three, uh, also what other factors are affecting that person? Because it's like, if the habits aren't built, if someone has a goal of like, okay, the next 90 days, I want to lose 50 pounds, but there's no, there's no goal after 90 days. It's like, it's almost like, okay, cool. I reached the goal. Now what? And then now all no habits have really been built because it was just like a, a short-term goal and it was hit and that was, and that's it. You know, I feel like, so where I'm going with this as a coach, I feel, wow, I probably could have done a better job with helping him build those habits at that time and creating a better game plan for him. You know, Jay, um, Jay, I'm I'm just, that's, that's not, that's not on you. See, that's, see, that's, I, I have, I have, I have to, I have to say that. There's a certain point where the client has to become responsible for themselves because I can wish you all the best. I can do everything that I can for you, but there is a certain point where you have to have to take it and you have to run with it. And, you know, and, and I, th- I think that's, that's, just, that's just a universal thing, right? You know, like our kids, right? We teach them something. I say, hey, you know, don't touch that stove. Don't touch that stove. I've told you, it's hot. You go ahead and touch it and you get burned. You should learn from that, right? I think it's so important that we don't take on that burden because then that then affects our lives. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. Because I, I think it's just your personality, Jake, and mine too. I, I think we just really care about people. And it's like, we feel like as coaches, we have to take the responsibility to get this person from, you know, a three to a 10, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I think we have a tremendous amount of influence on, you know, our clients and the people we work with, you know, we have conversations with them every day you know, you're, you're, you're building those relationships over time, that bond and that trust is being developed. But like Chris said, I mean, at some point it's like, you have to take ownership for your life. You know, I I can't, I can't make you do it. That's where the, that's how it becomes sustainable. Right. Exactly. I think too, like with him, the goal was to lose as much weight as possible in 90 days. And and it wasn't, we didn't set it up for, okay, cool. How can we create this an actual lifestyle habit? And mm-hmm. I don't know what you're saying, Chris and, and Pat, because, you know, when I first was coaching, I would get super down on myself when someone's not losing weight or someone's not progressing. And then I look at what they're actually doing. It's like, oh, I see this person for two hours a week. I've given them all the tools they need. And then that's where, you know, things like, you know, emotional shit or, or mental shit or whatever uh-huh. getting in the way of that person that's stopping them because, you know, there's, there's so much more deeper things that 
get involved with people like attachments to food and mm-hmm. you know, uh, bad habits, of course. And habits are really hard to break. I mean, uh, I, I can tell you guys just, you know, little things in my life, breaking the habit of like, you know, texting and driving or doing doing something, being on my phone too much or doing things doing things that aren't supportive to um, the goal or what I want for my life. So, um, and I think that's what a lot of people have trouble with. And I know as a coach, we can do as much as we can, but at a certain point, like you said, Chris, it's up to the individual to really make those changes and adaptations in their life. Yeah. And, and I, and I think the, the, the other piece, and I think what, what can work is not only are we, do we coach from, from a physical perspective, but we also have to start tackling as coaches. And this is, and this is tough is the, is the mentality and the spiritual aspect of the, of the individual, right? Cause we got, we got to start looking at our clients from a 360 point of view, right? Listen to their stories, listen to what they have to say and, and so on and so forth. And then, and then I think the other important part is to learn how to plant seeds, right? Plant seeds of, starting to look at yourself internally, right? So when you tell me the story about, oh, that one time you tried to squat 315 and you had to dump it because it felt too heavy, right? You know, I'm not going to say, oh, you're a bitch because you didn't, you wasn't able to do it, right? What I'm going to, what I, what I will, what I will look at and say is what, what were you feeling at that time? And how did you feel at that time? And how can we, at the next time we, we approach this, right? How can we make this, how can we change this experience for you? How can you change this experience for you? Not me, but you, because I ain't the one that's lifting it, right? And then to, once they start thinking like that, right, that's, that's when they start, when you, when you take them over to the, to, the, to the lake, that's when they start drinking the water themselves. And you're not like scooping it up in a ladle and putting it in their mouths, right? And, and, it's, and it's so important, like I, 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 I'll teach you how to, how to get to the water. I'll show you how to get to the water, but I ain't going to drink it for you, nor am I going to put it in your mouth. It's like, I I've shown you, I've shown you everything that I'm capable of showing you uh, to the best of my ability. Now it's, it's, it's your turn to, to take the torch and, and exactly do with what I've, I've given you. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. For sure. Thing is too, when you shift it from like how you were saying, Jacob, your that client, that, his whole focus was to lose as much amount as weight as possible in 90 days. You know, in Atomic Habits, you know, he was saying like, that is a lot of people's problem with setting the goals because obviously we know what the result we want. You know, we want a six pack. We want to, you know, fit in into our clothes. Like we want to lift a lot of weight. And these are great goals and, it, and it's good to have a direction, right? Of where you want to go. But if you go a little bit deeper and, and like how you were saying, you didn't have a plan afterwards, you know, there was no talk about, well, what happens when you do, you know, hit that milestone, you know, unless he was going to die the next day, right. He was going to die the leanest he'd ever be, but obviously that's not, you know, that's not going to happen. So it's like, you know, how does someone sustain those results? How does someone, once they actually have accomplished something, like how do they continue progressing, you know, and not regress? And it, it goes back to the identity because if you're, like I said, I mean, I'm going to take, I'm going to go back to sports. It's like, you know, if you 
were someone like me, right? That, you know, had to work really hard, whether it's in sports or actually in school. I mean, for that matter, you have friends that were naturally just smarter. You know, they could take tests. They were really, really good. And they'd always be the first one done. They never studied and you kind of envy them. And, but see, that's them, right? That's, that's who they were, right? Just because, you know, this person was really good at taking tests doesn't mean that you're not capable of accomplishing great things. It just means that they're just good at taking tests. The point is, is like the, the, the things that you tell yourself when you compare yourself to others, right? That's where the negative loop starts to happen. Mm-hmm. And you sort of self-sabotage yourself to the point where if you're just focused on the negatives or if you're, you're, you're focused on why you can't do it or why you can't make it happen, then you're never going to make it happen. Yeah. Even when you've accomplished it and you look back a year from now and you know, you did it, like you did it. You still tell yourself that story. It's only going to, it's only going to be a matter of time before you go right back to where you started because you still have that same story about yourself and, you know, willpower. And, you know, I mean, there's lots of research on willpower and like, you know, all that, as far as being able to kind of keep something like, right, like the 75 hard challenge, right? It's not supposed to be a forever thing. It's, it's just a short period of time. The intensity of trying to work hard towards a goal, you can only do that for so long until you burn out, right? Yeah. So I, I think with this client, you know, he was really had good intentions, right? He had a good goal as far as where he wanted to go. He accomplished that goal, but he never really got to the root as far as, well, what got him to being overweight in the first place. Like what, what, what maybe what happened when he was a kid that someone maybe said to him that made him think about his weight, you know, and that just stuck with him. And for that point in time, up until, you know, Jake trained him, he still had that little narrative in his head. So until he really, and I think it goes back to what you were saying too, Chris, last week, as far as like being able to you know, get in your mind and sort of face those negative thoughts and not really, not really come at it with, you know, get away, get away, go away or not think about it, but with passion and love and, and, and like how you were saying, just, you know, it happened. Yes. But what can you learn from it and how can you just accept it? Because this is who you are. You know, everything is, everything happened to you for a reason. And, you know, if you look at it that way, you don't see it as a burden. Honestly, you probably see it more as a gift. And it's now framing that, right? Now you can sort of see your experience, you know, that painful experience as a part of you, as, you know, your scar. And you take that forward, right? And you keep progressing. You keep pushing, you know, your own limits, you know? I mean, that's, I I think it's, it's, it's sort of just, reframing how you look at those negative experiences in your past coming to the realization like, Hey, you know, even though that was hard at that point in my life and it's caused me a lot of pain, if I'm ever going to progress to a better version of myself, a stronger version of myself, a person that's going to be able to perform for life and have good relationships and have a, a, you know, a great body, you're going to have to face that negative yeah. experience and, and face it with compassion, face it with yes. love and, and understand that, it, you know, it, what's done is done, but I can grow a lot from it. 
And then at that point, weight loss and sustaining it and sticking with your habits. Now that all becomes a byproduct of now you're telling yourself a new story because you've yeah. framed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, it's, it's all, it always comes back to, you got to work as a whole, as a whole unit, right? You got to work as a physical unit. You got to work as a mental unit and you got to work as a spiritual unit, whatever that is for you. Right. If you're just solely focused on the physical, you go, you, you go and burn baby <laughs> because that, that, show up. that mental, yep. That mental and that spiritual is going to, is going to kind of, it's going to sc- spiral downward and then it's going to take the physical with it and, and, and vice versa. And, and it's kind of like, it's, it's a circle, right? So you got to ensure that you're feeding all three parts and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're nurturing it. Right. Cause if you're not, you, you burn. Yeah. I would even say too the emotional as well. Um, yeah. I, you know, I mean in there for the, I, I would consider like mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and, and if not, like you said, Chris, if you're only looking at it from physical, it's like, you know, that mental, emotional, spiritual stuff's going to come up and it's going to show up in another way. It's going to show up as an injury. It's going to show up as issues in your relationship. It's going to show uh-huh. up as, as on bad health, <laughs> yeah. you know, cancer, freaking diabetes, you know, and, and that's where I feel like, like you said too, you hit the nail on the head, like performance for life. Like that's, I constantly think about that. Like I, I could not think of a better name for this podcast than performance for life because it's like, that's what I feel like looking at. I just made the post the other day about like health is very whole spectrum, holistic, you know? And I think that the word holistic is pretty bastardized and, and, you know, oversaturated, like used like kind of in the mainstream. But when we really look at it, it's like everything needs to be looked at. Pat, you mentioned, you know, that traumatizing uh, and, and trauma can be anything. I say traumatizing as like, you know, someone making, getting made fun of or something and that having an effect or, you know, someone who has uh, a, a, a parent who's an alcoholic or an abusive partner or whatever it is. So many of these different factors come into play and it's like all that stuff has to be worked through. Otherwise, you know, just eating good and exercising is not going to bring happiness. You know, I just started reading a, a new book by Deepak Chopra. It's like the secrets of life or I forget the exactly the name of the book. But he's, he's, he's like, what's the book? He's like, I'm reading a book. I don't know what it's called. Hold on. Let me pull it up on Audible. I just, I just bought the Atomic Habits book too, as we were talking about. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's the book of secrets. The book of secrets. The book of secrets. Very secretive. Are you guys familiar with Deepak Chopra? I've heard the name. Yeah, I've heard the name. Okay. Oh, dang. He has, um, he has that book that's really popular, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. That Never heard of it. Really? Mm-mm. Damn, man. I'd be dropping books out here thinking you guys are... Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Chris, you read these books? And, and- <laughs> My man be telling me I, I read books I didn't read. Play nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Deepak Chopra is... Ba- he's like... I don't know how to describe it. I know he's a medical doctor, but he is like the spiritual yogi of all yogis. And and he basically just goes into depth about in this book, the book of secrets, he's talking about how we think that, you know, getting certain things, money, you know, a better looking body relationship, whatever it is, we think that's going to bring us happiness, but really 
where true happiness comes from is like within ourselves. And we have to find that in order, in my opinion, we have to find that in order for ourselves to thrive completely. You know, if we're, if we're in pain and we're not accepting things within ourselves or, or owning it and, and approaching it with, like you said, Pat, with compassion and with love, then there's going to be pain and suffering. And that pain and suffering is going to create lots of different issues. So um, it's, it's, uh, they call, I think in marketing, they call it Maslow's of hierarchy of needs or in like in psychology, marketing kind of uses a lot of psychology, but yeah. I think it's the fulfillment and actualization is like the top of the pyramid because, I, because before you actually, you know, give to others and, you know, you're kind of, uh, you know, you're giving, you're giving more to yourself, right. You're sharing your experiences, your wisdom, right. You know, mm-hmm. you have to sort of, well, you first have to actually satisfy the other needs to really just survive because it's like, if you don't got food, shelter, water, you're not thinking about anyone else, but just survival, you know, at, at that level. Right. But as you kind of work your way up the pyramid, you know, you, you find love and, and, and relationships and, you know, maybe you have a higher level of status because you work a certain corporate job or whatever, you run a company, getting all those things, you know, kind of taken care of. I think he makes a good point because it's like, if you're only chasing the money, if you're only chasing you know, a big house or a nice car. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, it'll make you happy for the moment, but then it's like, you need something more deeper and more something with more depth to actually fulfill you. Like how I assume that's kind of like what he's saying in the book. And and a lot of people just stop there. They don't really understand that if they gave more of themselves and, and, and gave their time, their energy, like sharing information like this on a podcast, right? We don't have to do this, but we want to because we find it in our, I think, in our hearts that if people knew this types of, like, heard this information and were to apply it in their own lives, they'd be a lot more better off, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, you know, because it's that mindset, right, that you sort of get into where it's just like, I can have all the things. But if I don't have, right, anyone to share it with, if I don't, if no one go, what, what does that think? It's like, if no one goes to your, like, if you die tomorrow, like who would show up at your funeral kind of thing? And it's like either just your immediate family or, you know, no one actually showed up besides your immediate family because you didn't, you didn't give anything during your life, right? Like you didn't, you know, provide any sort of value or, you know, you didn't really make an impact. Right. And I think you don't really think of it because I mean, we're humans, like we're just focusing on what's going on today. What do I got to do today? Uh, what do I got to do tomorrow? But I, I think it can be hard for people to really sort of look at the macro view of in your whole life, you know, what do you want to represent? What, how, how do you want to be remembered? You know, if you were asking yourself that question every day, I'm pretty damn sure that you would be more conscious of how you're, you know, putting yourself out there, how you go about treating people, how you go about treating your body, your mental health, right? The decisions you make today, how they affect you in the future. But because the future is the future, we don't know what's going to happen. We just assume everything's going to go okay because it's been going okay so far. So most people don't really bat an eye about it because, you know, 
they're not asking the questions, the, the right questions on a daily basis to actually get them to where they want to go. No, it's, it can be tough because, you know, I think you make a great point, Pat. It's like with this podcast, like we're choosing to do this out of, you know, being able to give back to people. And then also, I mean, I get so much value. I don't know about you guys, but I get value mm-hmm. just, just listening to you guys talk and, and you know, uh, your experiences, you know, but at the same time, there are some people out there that may not be ready to hear this information and maybe the coaching that, that we might be giving to certain individuals, they're not ready for it. And they may never be ready in this lifetime, you know, for, you know, they got to be ready. Oh, they're going to be ready at some point. (laughs) They're listening to this. They better be ready. (laughs) But do you guys know what I'm saying? Do you guys guys agree with that? Or do you have a different uh, perspective on that? If ever, like if ever, if they're ready. Yeah, I'm saying like, you know, you, uh, so let me, let me explain it like this. I have a couple clients that I've worked with, um, probably handfuls of clients that I've worked with who goals were so superficial and, you know, aren't, people that aren't maybe willing to, to do more of the work deeper than just, I want to work out and, and uh, eat good so I can have a six pack. You know, they, like, like I was saying last week, you know, you have people who are super stressed out. They're working too much. They're unhappy in their relationships. They're, you know, they got other shit. They're not dealing with emotional stuff, mental, all that stuff. And maybe they don't want to, they're not open to that, like saying, oh, wow, okay, I do have to look a little bit deeper within myself to make some changes, some bigger changes, because by just looking at it very superficial, you know, it's like, it's like we were just saying, like with goals, like when people are like, oh, once I get this car, I'll be happy. Once I get, you know, this thing, I'll be happy. But really, if, if we're not happy within ourselves, there's never really going to be true happiness. So what I'm saying is like, do you find that you've had clients that maybe you encourage to start doing this kind of work, but they're just not open to doing that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely have clients who would say, who would say that they're stubborn in nature, but that, it just goes back to the identity, right? They identify as someone who's being stubborn. And they constantly say, I'm just stubborn, Patrick. I don't want to do meal prep or, you know, I don't want to go on a walk. It's like, and honestly, really, I mean, I, I can't really make them do anything. Right. But I, I think it's just kind of having the conversation with them as far as like, first off asking them, okay, well, what's the goal? Like, where, where do you want to go? Right. And if they say, you know, I, I want to lose, you know, my love handles and it's like, okay, great. So what's, what's going to be the type of person who's, who doesn't have any love handles? Like, what do they do? Like, give me an example. I'll kind of ask them those questions and make them tell me what they need to be doing because they know what they need to do. But if I'm making them telling, if I make them tell me what they need to do without me telling them what to do, there's something in the brain that basically says like, Hey, he's not telling me what to do. He's just recommending. And right. Just like humans, right. You tell a kid something, Hey, don't do that. They're still going to do it because we do right. The opposite of what someone tells us to do, you Mm -hmm. know, at at least for, for the most part, you know, so it's sort of like that psychology of, 
really kind of getting them to understand like, Hey, you can lose weight if we went on this hardcore diet and, you know, you'd see amazing results. And then after that, right, there's only a certain point that you can actually maintain that. Eventually you're going to just go back to your old ways. And, and it all goes back to that story that they keep telling themselves. You know, I think a lot of people use victim, the like that victim mentality. Like they've done it for so long, especially if you're training someone who's been alive for a long time, the brain has sort of identified with being a victim mentality and, and it's part of who they are. And whenever the brain comes into conflict with, you know, like being challenged, right. Being challenged of who they are, it's a threat and any threat, right. That might cause discomfort or pain to the person they're not going to do. And I think it's really, it's, I think it first comes from a really good relationship with the person that rapport, that trust to really have these types of deep conversations where you're kind of getting them to ask themselves or question themselves as far as like, like, who are you? Like, why are you the way you are? And you can even just kind of ask yourself right now, like, yeah, why am I the way I am? Or why am I, why am I this type of way? You know, you kind of question your own ideology and your own beliefs, right? And I think that when they start to really, when the mind starts to process that, like I'll ask the question and then I'll be like, Hey, you don't have to like answer that to me, but just think about it. And I kind of just get them right. I plant the seed as far as that, that question later in the week, you know, it could be just be a random day that we're not training and I'll text them. Hey, how's it going? And they'll be like, Hey, meal prepped. Here's what I made. And I'm like, cool, great. You know, you, you know, they did something. And, um, you know, we'll kind of go back the next day and I'll be like, hey, so, you know, you meal prep, that's awesome. And she's like, yeah, like, you know, I, I kind of just thought about what you said, you know, and that's that thought, that thing that I asked her and intentionally I was trying to get her to, right, think about her actions and what she does every day, how she takes care of her time management. Right. Cause like if she comes home from work, you know, she's tired. She just wants to take a nap, go to sleep, not really be productive with their time and try to prepare for the next day or whatever. Right. So it came down to her beliefs and, and, and these, I, this, this idea that, you know, she's stubborn in nature. Okay. Well, you haven't seen results in the last eight months. It's like something's got to give if you want to see some change. And it can be uncomfortable sometimes to have those conversations with people. But I mean, it's our job to really just say, hey, like, you know, this is the reality. If you want to get rid of those love handles, you're going to have to do something that you don't want to do. But if you keep treating it like it's this pain in the ass process, you're just literally trying to drive up a hill with the emergency brake on. It's just you're making it harder on yourself. And, you know, it, it, it all comes down to that person internally wanting to make the change for themselves. And I think when you find, when they have an, an idea for who they really kind of want to be, you know, really kind of dig deep and ask themselves like, yeah, why do I want to lose the weight? You know, oh, I want to find, you know, I want to find a partner, you know, I want to find 
you know, someone who could take care of me. Okay, great. You know, why do you want that? Like really digging deep to the psychology of just being a person, being a human, you know, they just want security. They just want to feel safe at the end of the day, but that's not what we talk about. It's just always surface level, lose body fat. I want to fit into my genes. And there's always an underlying reason to it. But I think when you dig to those deep rooted reasons and you make them think about, okay, well, what is the, what do I have to be to, to get that result? Now the becoming of this new person, this new identity, that's going to embody a bunch of new different habits, a bunch of new different practices. And once you just focus on one thing, another great book too, you guys, uh, The One Thing by Gary Keller, the guy that started Keller Williams Real Estate, whole book on that is just kind of like, what's the one thing that if you did this one thing, it could basically make 10 other things irrelevant. Like you solve the problem, or in this case, it trickles down. It has a trickle effect. If, if you did this one thing, it'll take care of the rest. And right for a lot of people, it's just moving the body, right? And proper nutrition, right? I mean, and getting good sleep. So focusing on one of those things, right? Picking something that they can actually commit to. And once they do that, then that process of that that habit change starts to develop because now it's like we're, we have this idea of who we want. Okay but you still got to do the work. But if we can make it focused enough and easy enough and simple enough for them to do, they can do it with confidence. They can execute on it. And then obviously as a coach, we encourage, right? We support. That's awesome. But now you're providing the brain evidence. Now you're changing the narrative and you're providing, providing evidence that says, no, this is who I am. I am someone who is fit, right? Someone who is fit preps their food for the week if they have a busy schedule during the week. I'm someone who is fit, right? Has a water bottle with them throughout the day and drinks water. So it's, it's, it's really the, the habits derived from this new identity that they need to figure out who they want to be if they want to sustain those results. Yeah. But if we just kind of go at it with just the surface level, this is what you need to do to lose weight. Anyone can lose weight, but once, once, if you don't solve, if you don't have that new identity, by the time you do have accomplished that goal, I mean, more than likely, you're just going to go back to it, especially if you, if you're not with that coach anymore. And now you don't have that accountability, right now, no one's on top of you. Now you can just sort of go back to your old ways, but it's, it's, it's the brain being able to just provide it with enough evidence that this is the new norm. This is the new baseline. Then once you have that new baseline, at that point, it's just about maintaining, which is going to be a lot easier for that person because now they've been consistent with drinking water, going to the gym, doing their walks, getting good sleep, right? Now it becomes just a routine and now it's just building upon it from there. I think there is, um, you know, there's, there's, only a, there's only a few things. Number one, as a coach for me is, you know, you, you have to do your due diligence, right? Ask the right questions and so on and so forth, right? We all know what that is, right? But I think the the second part, right, that helps with that sustainability is we as coaches, me as a coach, I have to be vulnerable to my to my athlete or client. I got to be able to listen and I got to be able to show who I am. 
right? Because if I, if I don't, right, if I just sit behind a mask and just say, I'm strength and conditioning coach and you will do whatever I say, right? We ain't going to get nowhere, right? Yeah. Or I can just be like a really mean person and make them do whatever. We're not going to get nowhere. I, you know what I'm saying? But I think when I'm open with people, when I'm vulnerable with people, they become open. It's inviting. It's kind of like it's an inviting thing. It's contagious. And then as they're working out, as they're, as they're going through their workout, I'm listening. And then they start giving you cues. They start telling you things about themselves and they don't even have to speak. Right. Just like if they just give up on a rep for some reason, right. That tells you something those are cues that then, you know, I can go in and I can start planting those seeds. I can be of service to that person. And then I plant that seed in and I just kind of, I, I step back and then I allow them to do their thing. And they, they probably don't even know what I, they probably don't even know I'm doing it. But once okay. they, once they're done doing whatever they're doing, they're driving home, they're playing, playing in their, they're playing their sport, whatever they're doing, that thing is going to come back up and they're going to be like, oh, wow, that's why he said that to me that day, huh? So, you know, that's how I work, right? I like to work in the shadows. I like to just sit. I like to listen and allow them to have that time and that space to give me whatever they want to give me at that, at that point in time. And then I can, and I can go to work and, and be the farmer and plant that seed. They don't, they don't care how much you know until they, until you know, until they know how much you care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think too, to piggyback off that well, number one, I, I think that's what makes such a good coach is that vulnerability. And, and I think that both of the approaches that you guys just mentioned is like something that I work to embody every day as a coach is, you know, asking those questions that are, are more like rhetorical of like, you know, think about this, you know, sit on this. Oh, well, have you ever considered doing this? And then they're like, Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. And then, but also too, just being able to listen. And I think something else that's really powerful too is, embodying those qualities ourselves you know? uh-huh. and they see that and like i think that's where like us showing up like both of you guys do a great job on social media of like showing up and like basically just practicing what you preach and i think that when people see that and they can see that authenticity and that 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 you're truly thriving and and it's not just some front it's like you said you build that trust you build that client coach trust relationship and then they will start to listen and they will yeah. start to be like i have a client who literally said to me she's had like 20 other personal trainers she said you're Jeez. the only trainer that i've ever listened to has ever given me advice and that i've listened to because i mean actually i don't know if she didn't give me a reason why <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just like damn you know that's that's pretty powerful because you know, I haven't really told her much, you know, because she's the type of person who's pretty set in her ways, but planting those little golden nuggets whenever, whenever I can. Yeah. I mean, you watch them develop and you watch them grow and, 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 and that's, that's the beauty, right? That's, that's what I, that's what I like to see. PRs are great, but when you see them implemented into their lives, it's, uh, that's, that's the, that's the good one right there. You know? That's that shit I like. Nope. That's that shit I love. Hey, hey, I, hey, two chains, two chains, four bracelets, <laughs> <laughs> two chains. I don't wear a pinky ring. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs>